Patrick Line has made his appearance in Columbus. The 23-year-old winger scored his first hat-trick with the Blue Jackets last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the game, some other names that had big nights for Columbus, and it's mailbag day, so we'll uh, answer some questions as well. That's what's coming up on Locked on Blue Jackets today. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jackets fans. Happy Friday. Uh, It's the weekend. We made it. And Blue Jackets made it as well. Uh, This is Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen every day. Locked Up Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and will be coming to YouTube pretty soon, as soon as uh, we can make it work, we'll say. So uh, look out for that. But right now, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Odyssey, all over the place. So uh, thank you for choosing to listen to me talk about this team that sometimes we love, sometimes we hate, but we are always interested in. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the team's game last night, 7-4 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Kind of a, a messy game, but hey, a win's a win. It doesn't necessarily have to be pretty, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Patrick Laine, and uh, like I said in the intro, it's a mailbag day, so I've got a couple of listener questions, so we'll get to those at the end of the episode. First off, we're going to talk about the game, because the Blue Jackets win 7-4. to four. Um, I didn't necessarily take the over on this game. Possibly should have, looking at the... Uh, all of the the factors. Uh, the Blackhawks did end up starting their backup goalie, Arvid Soderblom, uh, who was not great, but was also kind of left out to dry by a lot of his teammates. Um, but just a, a fun, a fun start. Uh, Boone Jenner hit 20 goals for the second time in his career, first time since the 15-16 season, or the 14-15 season, I believe. Uh, that was his 30-goal season. And he's gonna he's gonna get there again this season, I think. So that's exciting. Good for him to hit uh, twenty. Good for the power play to uh, show some life as well. That's been honestly pretty good the past few games. So maybe I shouldn't say it's showing some life. It continues to click along. Um, we're still you know near the bottom of the league, but we are improving. So there is that. Uh, and then basically immediately afterwards, Igor Chinukov scores. Uh, just a fantastically placed shot. Beat the goalie clean, Uh, that's his sixth of the season. He's up to ten points on the season now, uh, which I believe makes him uh, the last uh, regular player on the roster, or the last player who's played, I think, over um, ten games to hit double digits in points. So that's exciting. Like I said, Blue Jackets spreading the wealth. Everyone seems to be getting involved. Everyone got involved today, uh, or last night, I should say, and uh, it shows. So, you know, seven minutes into the first period, six different Blue Jackets have points. You love to see it. 
unfortunately, Philip Koroshev scores on the power play not long after that, and then Ryan Carpenter makes it 2-2, scores his first of the season. Uh, last time these two played, I believe we gave Calvin DeHaan his first of the season, and now 30-something games into uh, Carpenter's season, he scores his first of the season against us. The Blue Jackets need to stop being so nice to other players and other teams and being like, hey, you haven't scored yet, we'll let you score. Um, Mike Stomi retakes the lead at uh, about five minutes left in the first period. Uh, just another really nice goal. Uh, I thought he had a really good game. Uh, Domi was um, a strong strong forward. I really like that line, actually. He was on a line with uh, Igor Chidakov and I believe... Gus Nyquist was on that line as well, uh, so that was that was a fun line. I enjoyed that. Um, or maybe it wasn't Nyquist. Whoever whoever was the third player on that line, uh, maybe it was uh, Sean Corrali. I think actually, I I just really enjoyed that line. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It, they were buzzing all game. It was really good to see uh, Chilikov get one, and also. It was good to see Domi get one. He's been a little bit quiet recently. That was his ninth of the season. So, you know, he's almost at 10 goals, which I believe will make him the seventh or eighth Blue Jacket to do that this season. Again, scoring by committee. It's, uh, it is good to see. Um, and that was all the first period. I don't, just a busy first period. Five goals in total. Uh, they kind of slowed down a little bit after that. Uh, or a little bit after that, I should say, uh, nine seconds into the second period, Patrick Laine scores with about half an inch to spare. There is just the tiniest little bit of daylight between the puck and the red line, uh, but that makes it four to two. Nine seconds into the first period is the fastest a Blue Jacket has ever scored a goal to open a period, so you love to see that. Patrick Laine stays hot. Uh, that is his 14th goal on the season. He's now up to, I think, including the points tonight, he had three goals. Um, he's up to, I think, 31 points in 28 games, which is just, that's what we got him for. Um, we're going to talk a little more about Patrick Laine in, uh, in a minute because I have a couple of thoughts about his long-term future, either with the club or not with the club, but... Uh, before then, we've got we to finish out the, the second period. Mackenzie Entwistle scores with about two minutes left in the second period. Uh, that was just a really nice goal. Just a really nice passing play. Uh, fantastic pass from Calvin DeHaan. Just slides it right past Elvis, and Entwistle is on the back door. Knocks it in. I think it bounced off of a, uh, a Blue Jackets player, but regardless. Uh, frustrating for Elvis, I'm sure, but just a really nice play from Calvin Hahn. Um, and so they go into the second period at 4-3, and I am starting to get a little bit worried. Uh, in a minute, we are going to look at the third period because there were yet more goals, all are for, almost all for the good guys, but that's coming up in a minute. First, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Because it's the New Year soon, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating better, like mine probably should be, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you're going to want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which uh, can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You know, I, for me, I want to eat healthy, but, like, 
two weeks in, I want chocolate. And here's the great thing about Built Bar, it's covered in 100% real chocolate, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein. And here's the best bit, if you go to Built.com, you promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, that's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by Locked on NHL. They are a bonus podcast. They're covering all of the action in Beijing. You can find it in the Locked on NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, just like Locked on Blue Jackets. So it's 4-3. to three. Uh, It's not looking super promising. Uh, I do not have a ton of faith in these guys to not mess up and allow a bunch of goals in the third period and lose the game. But Patrick Liner has uh, has other other things to say. Uh, he makes it 5-3 about halfway through the third period. Exactly a minute later, Alex Brinker answers back uh, with his 29th of the season because the kid's just a monster, just a goal-scoring freak. Makes it 5-4, and I'm like, oh, this is going to overtime, isn't it? This is going to overtime. This is probably going to a shootout because this team hates me. But you know who doesn't hate me? Off Bjorkstrand and Patrick Lyonet don't hate me. Uh, Bjorkstrand scores to make it 6-4 a couple of minutes after that, and then Patrick Lyonet gets the empty netter with four seconds left. Uh, not long after the Blue Jackets do a really good job of killing a penalty. It is uh, a 6-on-4 penalty kill. Uh, I believe Chinakov took a tripping penalty and goes to the box and just a really nice a really nice shutdown penalty kill to close out the game. They get the last little bit of uh, even strength play and then Line A puts it in the empty net as soon as he gets it. Uh, that's his first hat-trick as a Blue Jacket. So, uh, like I say, you love to see it. Um, it is kind of raising a lot of questions. I'm seeing two kind of... Th- thought processes with Patrick Laine, and one of them is pay him what he wants, and the other one is trade him while he's hot and get a haul for him. I'm seeing more of the latter, the, uh, more of the former than the latter, um, but I don't really know which side I fall on yet. I would love to see Laine back as a blue jacket, I think. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's uh, prudent to re-sign him right now, you know, this is a hot streak. I think if it continues for the next, I don't know, five to ten games, then we might kind of look at, yeah, okay, this is the player that he is. Obviously, he spent a bulk of the first part of the season injured and, you know, losing his father. So to see him kind of turning it on right now is super, super good to see. Uh, he's got, I think he's got a, a seven-game point streak going, which is which is pretty good. Uh, like I said earlier, he's at 31 points in 27 games. More than a point per game player, way better than he was last season, so hopefully he can kind of keep going, keep building, uh, keep improving on, on that. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. Uh, obviously, he was denied a hat-trick a couple of games ago with that, like, it went off the post and off the post and then back out. Um, but he, he managed to get it today, uh, and honestly, the game was very lucky for the Blue Jackets. Like, that goal review for his first goal, there was about half an inch of, of space between the red line and the puck that made it a goal. Uh, there was another goal, or not goal, later in the game that was... 
believe it was Seth Jones. Again, just a beautiful passing play. Uh, Seth Jones puts the puck behind Elvis, and it goes off one post, off the other post, and out. The goal light goes off, and the music starts playing. And then the camera cuts to Seth Jones, and you can see him like shaking his head and going, no, that's not a goal. Uh, there's a little bit of a review, but nope, didn't go in. Post, post, and out. Blue Jackets get lucky. Um, and sometimes you need to be lucky. Uh, I don't necessarily think, like I said, I don't necessarily think it was a very gr- it was a great game that we played uh, offensively. Obviously, it was kind of an outpouring. Um, I thought Elvis could have been better, um, but it was good to see the faceoffs fly up at fifty seven point four. Uh, they won scoring on the power play. Obviously, pretty good. Uh, I would have liked them to keep that power play that penalty kill uh, perfect, but alas, it wasn't to be. Uh, they outshot. The Blue Jack- they outshot the Blackhawks uh, 16-11 in the first period and 13-11 in the third period. That second period, the Blackhawks kind of made a little bit of a push, but the final shots would end up being 37-32, to 32, uh, so 28 saves for Elvis. I would, like I say, I would have liked that to be a little bit better, but unfortunately, it's it's been like that all season. Either we get out-of-this-world goaltending and no one could score, or everyone scores and the goaltending is only okay. So, at some point, presumably, these two worlds will mix and we'll have an outpouring of offense and also a goalie will play really well. But that is, uh... That was not in the cards for last night. Uh, maybe... Maybe next game. Um... Eunice Klopsalo was sidelined with a lower body injury. Uh, he was a game-time decision, I believe, so I don't think it's super serious, but it ended up being J.F. Brubay on the bench just in case, uh, so I don't know if we'll see Klopsalo on Sunday against Buffalo. Uh, I personally would probably play Muslikens, um against Buffalo and Toronto, and then we've got a back-to-back coming up. Florida and Carolina, and we should probably play Corpusalo in one of those, but I'm not sure which one yet. Maybe Florida, because why not? If they're going to beat the brakes off us, you might as well put the goalie that you don't want to keep in net, I think. No, that's a, that's a really bad way of putting it. Um, Muslikens has not played very well against Florida. Corpusalo has also not played great, but I think at this point in the season, what's important is giving your starting goalie some confidence. And I think that means letting Mosley-Kins play against Carolina, who he has played much better at, much better against this season than he has against Florida. So, plus it's always nice to see Borofsky versus um, Corpusalo. It's very much the student versus the master, and I enjoy that. Uh, so, we'll, uh, but that's coming up kind of at the end of next week, so I'm sure we'll talk plenty about that in the future. Uh, in a minute, I've got a couple of mailbag questions, so we'll get to those. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is back. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next five coaches going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, a couple of questions from 
from some listeners. Uh, I've got a question from Zach, who wants to know what the Line A contract is going to look like. He's he's getting, what, $7.5 right now uh, for one year. Honestly, I could see him looking for an 8x8 contract, um, and I think he'd probably get it. If he keeps up the way he's going right now, I think, yeah, 8x8 is, is very reasonable. If he continues to get better then I could see him asking for, you know, close to 10, which I don't necessarily know if is if that's a good idea. Um, I think Kakalainen probably does it, because if you want a player to stay long-term... Like, the, 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 the thing about the Blue Jackets is they always have... They've, that's been the narrative for ages. They've had players stay... They've had trouble with players wanting to stay long-term. Line A, by all accounts, likes it in Columbus. He wants to stay in Columbus. He's playing well. I... You've got to pay someone big money. You know, that was kind of the, the argument I had for keeping, for re-signing Wierenski to 9.5-something. If you want players to stay and you want players to be happy, sometimes you've got to pay them. And I think if we end up paying, you know, 9 or 10 million for Patrick Laine, who's, like I said, over a point per game so far this season and doesn't seem to be slowing down. In fact, seems to be speeding up. And he's only 23 as well, you know, so he's only going to keep getting better. He will be, by the time the eight years expires, he will be 31. So, you know, it's not like we're locking him into a Seth Jones type contract where he's going to be 36 or 37 by the end of it. This kid's still young. He's only 23. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if they, if they re-signed him to that kind of contract, if he continues the play he's on at the minute for the rest of the season. Because, like like I talked about it a little bit, I do wonder, is this a hot streak or is this kind of who we have in Patrick Laine right now? And I'm just not sure. Uh, you know, a seven-game point streak is, is all well and good, but let's revisit in five to ten games and see see where we're at there. But as of, as of right now, I am tentatively uh, pretty happy with uh, an 8 by 8 contract for Laine. Um... Another another question, I've got one from Crystal, uh, which says, of the, the veterans left, who do you think might go? Um, I think it, it's it's tough because we don't have a lot of veterans. I think all of the veterans that we do have are veterans that we're going to keep. It depends on what you mean by veterans. I think Domi goes at the trade deadline. I think Corpusalo goes at the trade deadline. Unless, of course, the Blue Jackets are pushing for the playoffs. They are, I believe, nine points back off Boston right now, uh, with exactly the same amount of games played. Uh, the trade deadline isn't for another three weeks, so it could it could be that the Blue Jackets are pushing to make the playoffs by the time the trade deadline rolls around, in which case I don't think it makes sense to trade either of those guys, but I think it'll be, it'll be um, in a couple of weeks we'll have a better idea of who's going, who's staying, uh, who should go, maybe. Um, you know, I've kind of floated the idea of do we sell Patrick Laine at the deadline and get just an absolute haul for him? You know, like a Seth Jones-type deal of two first-rounders and a prospect and another pick. Uh, but there's, I don't know, I think right now we're leaning more towards keeping Laine, which, again, I am uh, tentatively okay with. More okay than than some of my friends who have decided that Line A should be traded immediately for as much as we can get for him, but that's beside the point. Um, 
Another question, do you think Corpusalo is more of a 1B or a backup? Is he better than his numbers say? Uh, yes. And this is something I've kind of talked about Corpusalo with a lot recently, is that he is a goalie that the more he plays, the better he gets. And I think at the minute he's suffering from not playing very much, whether that's because, you know, through no fault of his own, uh, he was sick, he was injured, um, Blue Jackets were playing terribly in front of him, so his numbers kind of dipped. And... Yeah, I think he's a much better goalie than the numbers suggest this season, and I think teams know that. You know, if you look at the games that he's played, he's kept the Blue Jackets in some good games, uh, and then there are other games where the Blue Jackets have completely let him down. So I uh, I can see teams being interested in Corpusalo still, and again, as, as whether he's a more of a 1B or a backup, I think he could be a legitimate starter on so on a handful of teams in the NHL. If you look at, you know, for example, a team like Edmonton that has the decaying corpse of Mike Smith and then Mika Koskinen and Stuart Skinner as their goalie trio, like, it's hard to imagine that Kopsalo couldn't walk into Edmonton and, and take that spot. Or um, somewhere like Arizona, who I believe uh, Vermelka is playing pretty well, but he's still very young, you know, I think Corpusala could walk into Arizona and take that spot. It's, you know, there are teams out there that I think could be on the lookout for Corpusala, or I could see, you know, I was talking to Hunter Hodes, lock, uh, host of Locked on Penguins, about Corpusala, and, you know, that seems like a it could be a likely landing space there uh, of, to back up Tristan Jarry, just in case, you know, they do end up playing him till the wheels fall off, as they seem to be happy to do. Um... So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts with Corpusalo. I do think he's better than his numbers suggest. I do see him as a 1B, more than a backup, potentially a starter, but it really depends on the team he goes to. Um, you know, Washington is another team that potentially needs a backup for Samsonov with uh, Vanacek being injured and Copley not being ready at the NHL level or potentially just not good enough. I feel like he's been trying to break into the NHL for a couple of seasons now and it's just not... just hasn't worked out. So, you know, like I say, there's... There's potential movement, there's rumours, there's whispers, there's where I would like Corpusalo to go. Um, I'd like to get at least a first-round pick for him, if possible. I don't know that we will, uh, but a second and a fourth, maybe, for Corpusalo. We'll, uh, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how the how the goalie market shakes out. Obviously, the injury to Robin Leonard has sent some waves through already with uh, Vegas suddenly in need of a goalie, and uh, that could all change. I mean, we could wake up tomorrow and... Christian Jari could be out for the season, or, I don't know, uh, I've forgotten the name of every single goalie in the world, uh, <laughs> Jack Campbell could be out for the season, or Sergei Borowski could get injured, you know, or Shosturkin could get injured, you know, there are all of these teams that could potentially need a goalie by this time tomorrow, so it's, it's super hard to say, the goalie market is always, like, super in motion, I think, um, so we won't know until closer to the deadline, what's going to happen with Corpusalo, but I, I could see them keeping him, if they're push, if, especially if they are, you know, close to the playoffs, by the, by, let's say, the start of March, if they are, you know, maybe four points out of playoff position by the start of March, then I could definitely see that as, uh, yeah, we'll keep Corpusalo, we'll keep Domi, and, uh, we'll see what, we'll see how it goes. So that's kind of my thoughts on the the trade. My very early thoughts on the trade deadline. Obviously, we'll get more in detail as uh, as it gets closer. But that's uh, that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, 
I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockdownbluejackets at gmail.com. Uh, next week, I will be uh, have more. I will have more draft profiles for you. Uh, I'm talking to Will Scouch of Scouching about a couple more prospects that the Blue Jackets could be looking at, and uh, we'll break down the game against Buffalo on Sunday night. That is what is coming up next week on Lockdown Blue Jackets. Have a wonderful weekend, and uh, until Monday, make sure you stay locked on.